If you don't have an email list, then you don't have a direct line to your customers. Reaching your clients, audience, supporters, and fans with the right message at the right time in the right place becomes easy when you've got a strategic email list in place. My email list is the number one way I drive profits in my business. And major bonus here, it's a lot easier and way more fun than you might think. That's why I'm teaching a free live workshop all about growing your email list called From Zero Subscribers or Zero Strategy to an Engaged Email List That Lasts. I'll show you how to kick off your email list building strategy with no fear because I know it can be scary to start something new in your business. Save your virtual seat at growandemaillist.com. Inside of my free live workshop, you'll learn why email marketing is 10 times more effective than posting on social media, my secret to sending out weekly emails without adding a ton of work to my plate, my best tips for getting people to hit subscribe, and what to actually say to them to convert them from subscribers to paying clients and customers. Save your seat now at growandemaillist.com. That's growandemaillist.com to get started with an email list strategy that drives real results. I'll see you at the masterclass. Taking action on that one thing. That's what being a CEO really has been for me. And it will be every single day going forward because we're all going to face those moments, you know, new levels, new devils, the more our businesses grow. And we just have to keep learning that lesson. Hey, my name is Jenna Kutcher, and I am obsessed with all things business, marketing, numbers, and helping you to navigate both the messy and the magical seasons of this thing called life. I'm a small town mama who took a $300 camera, grew a successful photo biz, and now I work from home and run a seven-figure online business. I teach you the tried and true secrets to building a career you adore. Shy away from the real talk? (laughs) No way. Money, hardship, growth, loss, and marketing are all topics we discuss here. Think of this as your one-stop shop for happy hour with a gal pal mixed with business school. Pull up a seat, make sure you're cozy, and get ready to be challenged and encouraged while you learn. This is the Gold Digger Podcast. Are you a CEO or an entrepreneur? And are you spending your time in the right places? Are you prioritizing your to-do list in the right way? Well, these may not be questions you've considered before, but they can make or break your business. And it may surprise you to know that the distinctions between each have more to do with your time management skills than anything else. My guest today is Ashley Alderson. She has loads of helpful tips for small business owners like you to manage your time wisely, to make the most out of each day, and to embrace your inner CEO. Ashley is the founder at the Boutique Hub and a wholesale platform, Hubventory. She is a boutique retail and e-commerce expert who built a thriving membership community, conference, and platform serving small business owners all around the world. In addition to running an empire, she is a cancer survivor, a busy mom of three, and loves the strategy that makes online and brick and mortar small business owners thrive. Also, at the end of this episode, Ashley shares about a free offer coming up called Summer School that is absolutely perfect for any product-based business. If you want to check it out right now, head to jennacutcher.com slash boutique. That's jennacutcher.com slash boutique. I think you will definitely want to join her. So without further ado, I am absolutely thrilled to introduce my friend, Ashley Alderson. Ashley, welcome to the Gold Digger podcast. If you love Gold Digger, then you'll love the Side Hustle Pro podcast hosted by Nikayla Matthews Akome, brought to you by the HubSpot Podcast Network, the audio destination for business professionals. 
Side Hustle Pro showcases diverse entrepreneurs who have scaled from a humble side hustle to a full-blown profitable business. Every week, you'll learn actionable strategies to start small and get going wherever and whoever you are. In Nikayla's recent episode titled How to Make Content for Your Business in Less Than One Hour a Week, I learned so much about how to optimize recording sessions to get content done quicker, as well as new content creation tech and tools. You have to tune in. Listen to Side Hustle Pro wherever you get your podcasts. So the minute that I met this woman, I was like, will you please come on my podcast? And it was a match made in heaven. Ashley, welcome to the podcast. I am so happy you asked me that. That was such a like amazing moment. Thank you for trusting me and inviting me to be here. Yes. Oh my gosh. So I actually recently spoke at Ashley's event, which will mm-hmm. tell the full circle story of how we even got to that place. And it was incredible. And I told her, I was like, there's just like rooms that you enter that just feel like amazing. I didn't want to leave. And it was just this beautiful experience. But behind the stage, behind the scenes, we were kind of talking about like, how did all of this come to be? Because a lot of times you see on the internet, you see the stages and the bright lights and the perfect outfits and all these things. And I knew there's so much more to your story. So for anyone who doesn't know who you are, kind of give us the story of you and how you started the boutique hub and how that led to events and so many other things. Uh, well, you rocked it at the event. First of all, you did you did so much good work, both the work and the woo you brought to everybody. So thank you for that. I really appreciate it. But yeah, the story of the hub. So just to give you context, what the boutique hub is today, we are the central connection point for boutique owners and e-commerce stores all over the world. So we bring together a trusted community that was built in community over competition over 10 years ago. We bring in expert education and just all the business help a small business owner could need. And then wholesale opportunities for boutique owners and e-commerce stores to source products. So all of this is housed under one roof at the Boutique Hub. And that's events and, and all the things that you see on the surface. But you're right. Every story doesn't start there. We all start way at the beginning. And I have to tell you, I feel like my story kind of started by accident. So I am originally from North Dakota, middle of nowhere. I grew up on a ranch in North Dakota, like no stoplights, no fast food restaurants, 1600 people, super small town. And for whatever reason, when I grew up, I always loved fashion. I loved boutiques. I loved unique things. But there just wasn't really any of that in the Midwest at the time. And so it wasn't until I was kind of traveling the country after college that I started to find these cool stores. And it was actually through the rodeo world that I started to discover these really cute little boutiques. And so I got back to North Dakota. And this is at the time where social media was brand new. You had to be invited to Facebook. Zuck was your very first friend on Facebook. (laughs) And I thought, man, how can I find cool stores like this for people like me in the Midwest who just want to have something unique? Because fashion and boutiques felt so intimidating. It felt like that was very New York and LA. And who am I in the Midwest to have something cool and unique like this? Like there was such an imposter moment even all the way back then. So this idea started to brew of building like an online shopping mall of boutiques so women like me could find them. Well, as luck would have it, that was not the immediate action I took. I actually worked in economic development in the middle of the oil boom in the Dakotas for about eight years. And eventually, my father passed away, who was like the leader of our ranch and head of our family. And my husband and I decided to pack up our two small kids at the time, today we have three, and move to Wisconsin, where he's from originally. 
And so during that move, leaving this dream career, I thought, all right, this is my shot. I'm going to take our life savings. I'm going to hire a web developer and I'm going to build this online shopping mall of boutiques and just start to put it together. And we did. We didn't know anything about what we were doing. We had no idea, literally, about email marketing, about building a community. Like we just were putting one foot in front of the other. And when we built this online shopping mall of boutiques, we realized we built a chicken and an egg problem. Like we didn't have enough boutiques to attract enough buyers. We didn't have enough shoppers and buyers to attract more boutiques. And we were kind of stuck in the middle. And That's, you know, every business, I feel like you lay it out on paper and you think it's all going to go one way and then you get into it and you're like, oh no, this is the messy (laughs) middle. I've got to, I've got to figure it out and do something different. But what happened at that time was really beautiful because when you bring people together and you just know above all else, I'm going to serve them. I'm just going to keep asking, what do you need? How can I help? What do you need? How can I help? And what I realized at that time was while I was trying to solve a customer problem for these stores, they really had a business problem and they needed like a mentor and answers and they needed to know how to run Facebook ads and just grow their inventory. So I thought, I'm just going to answer every question I can for them day after day or find people who know more answers than I do and serve them. And what blossomed out of that is really what became the Boutique Hub today, 10 years later, of this awesome community of boutiques. And it certainly had its highs and lows, but it was really through trust and community over competition that we were able to get here. I love this story. And boy, can I relate to the lack of boutiques. Drew and I recently went on a date and there was this awesome boutique that had brands that I like recognized. And I was like, I had no idea this was in Duluth, Minnesota. Like, I feel like it's still a thing. And so I love that. And I feel like the boutique hub is pretty multifaceted. So can you share just a little bit about like the different types of offers that you have or like how you bring that community together? Yeah. So the hub, you know, really first started as a community over everything. So we built the business out of Facebook groups and just by serving. And then we launched a membership site before we knew what a membership site even was. We just thought, Uh, We can pull these resources together and serve people monthly. And so that's really still what the hub is. Everything we do is inside of our community and our membership. And then from there, we've launched courses and events and conferences. And we built a wholesale platform called Hubventory. Hubventory Hubventory.com is our own version of anything you need to shop wholesale to stock your boutique. And then masterminds and kind of everything else has flowed out of that community. I love that. Okay. So one of the things, I mean, when we sat down, I was like, we I do, are we best friends? What just happened? But <laughs> I love your heart for like efficiency and effectiveness as a leader. I feel like you and I jive, but like we could talk, we were just talking off air about like EOS systems. It's like, there are very few women who want to talk about this or who understand like the, how important these types of things are. So talk to me a little bit. Have you always been really good with time? Has it been a struggle for you? Like, where have you become this person who is like really intentional when it comes to your time and how you spend it? Oh, that's such a good question. No, it all started by accident, right? By being a mom and running a business and just trying to figure out how to do it all because it's so hard. And I think one of the very first hard lessons I learned, there was a lot of failure along the way in building this business. And, you know, times where I was, thinking, who am I to build this? And, you know, thinking I could bring someone else in who was smarter than me, who could do it all. And that kind of ended in disaster, which we could talk about. But through kind of those failures, I realized, okay, I've got to put one foot in front of the other and just do the thing. But I can't do all the things because what happens is I end up being the bottleneck of the business. 
and then I get nothing done. So for me, time first came in this experience of understanding, am I going to be this hustling, busy entrepreneur trying to do it all and save my way forward and just, you know, really hustle for my worth? Or am I going to step back and be the leader and be the CEO and try to find systems and try to find processes? And it really was my husband chirping in my ear all the time saying, Ashley, are you working on income generating activities? Are you working on the 20% of your list that's going to get you 80% of the results? And a lot of the time, the answer was no. So I had to back that out and build systems in my life around that entire idea. I feel like so many people listening to this can relate to that right now. Like mm-hmm. it's that feeling of like, I am pushing so hard. I am working so hard. There is not enough time in the day. And I'm still like at the end of the night, I can't even tell you what I did today. Right. Or like, I can't even tell you what results came from my efforts. I feel like that is the worst place to be as an entrepreneur, especially if you have other life things pulling at your attention because you recognize how precious your time is. And so it's like, is this worth it? Right. Have you ever faced like moments like that? Like, is this worth it? Like, what am I even doing? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I had this critical moment where our youngest, Jade, was I was putting all the kids to bed. It was like the day before I was leaving for a big event. And I was sitting in my office, which was a spare bedroom in the house at the time. And I was just trying to get a couple more things done, like schedule some content before I got on this plane the next morning. And I told the kids to go up to bed and I could hear them like coming over to the loft, hollering at me, you know, mom, are you going to come up? Are you going to come tuck us in? And I kept saying, yeah, I'll be there in a minute. I'll be there in a minute. And I'd go back to typing. And pretty soon, you know, they'd yell again and I'd say, brush your teeth. I'm going to do the scratch test. And they'd come back again and again. And pretty soon I'm sitting there working on my computer and our youngest Jade comes walking across the kitchen floor, dragging her blankie. And she opens the door and comes in and she goes, mom, you're always working. And I thought, oh, you know, like talk about shatter your heart in a million pieces. And she came and she drug her little blankie over and crawled up on my lap and helped me just you know, slam my computer shut and snuggle with her. And that moment for me, like having her kind of call me on my truth was such an eye-opening moment where everything had to change. And that was really where this word maximize, like I, I just became my mission to maximize my time and what we're doing here. And so from there, I started to put together systems. And one of them I want to give to you, Jenna, because hopefully this can help everyone who's listening. We've got this system called the four-part to-do list. And from that moment, I was like, I can't hustle. I can't do it all. I can't just like try to squeeze in work every, you know, 15 minutes I have free. So this four part to do list became really important. And how I do it is this every week, I start by on Sunday night, just mapping out this list and it becomes routine after a while. So there's four lists. The first list is what are the things I have to get done every single week? It's non-negotiable, right? So we've got marketing Mondays. We do all of our team stuff on Tuesdays. We do client work on Wednesdays. Like there's got to be a system. So there's this just brain dump of what happens every week. Non-negotiable. List number two is what are the most important things I have to get done this week? So the big rocks on my list that are really going to be the you know 20% that drive 80% of the results. And I just brain dump them. Then my third list is my later list. So what can come after this week? And I use Trello a lot for that list. So it's next week, next month, next year, and it's all prioritized on Trello. And then my fourth list is what can I say no to or outsource? And every week, I feel like, especially as women, we have to like practice the word no (laughs) and walking away from things. So that every week, number four has to happen. So once I have my four lists, what I do is I open my day planner 
I'll look at the week ahead and I'll start with where's my hard stop and my boundary for my family? So where am I done working? What kids events am I going to? What basketball games am I going to? And then the second thing I do on that list or on my calendar is this is an Amy Porterfield thing I heard her say one time. And that was, where's my tiger time? And I've totally adopted this idea of when am I most productive? When is my, like, if you try to book a meeting with me during tiger time, I'll bite your head off, right? (laughs) This is my time and I've got to protect it. So for me, that's eight to 10 in the morning is like my time to get my most important work done and my list number two done. And then from there, I'll go through my list number one and I'll start to build out theme days. So I'm not good on like hour by hour time blocking because frankly, with kids, it just doesn't work like that for me. But if I could at least get theme days and know that everything on list number one has a place on the calendar. And I've got tiger time for list number two. List number three is in Trello so I can come back to it whenever I need it. And list number four, I'm just always executing the, I need help or I'm going to say no to something muscle. And for me, that's just revolutionized everything and allowed me to be a CEO. I feel like you're living in my brain right now because this morning, (laughs) I kid you not, as I was making coffee before we sat down, I was like, I think I need to like do themed days in the sense of like content, especially someone asked me yesterday, like, are you still batching all your content? Cause that was something I did. Mm-hmm. And it was something that worked really well for me before kids. But now it's just like what I think I can get done in a day versus what I actually get done in a day is very yeah. different, which means a lot of days I'm doing so many different things. Right. So I actually had that thought. I love this. And I think it's so powerful to just in terms of if you have a team or no team at all, when you mentally know like what is coming up for the day, who do I need to partner with or who do I need to communicate with, that can totally transform things. That is like literally something I was thinking about this morning. I love this. And you're right. It'll work if you're by yourself or if you're a solopreneur or if you have a team, then our whole company operates on the same schedule. So our meeting cadence is always at 10 a.m. or 1 p.m. And everyone works on the same theme days so that we can get more collaboration done versus waiting for someone else to pick up the other piece of the pie. I feel like too, that would be huge if you do have a team that not everyone is Mm -hmm. pinging you every day, but it's like on Tuesday, I will come to Jenna with these ideas or this thing that I need reviewed versus like the in and out every day. Cause I feel like Slack is like my best friend and my arch nemesis at the same time. Yeah, it is. It is. It cuts all that down and all the deliverables are on the same. You know, like if we put deliverables on a Trello board, then everything is assigned to a person. It has a deadline and you know when other people are going to execute their piece of the strategy. And the same is true for retailers. Like the idea, what we do with boutique owners is we talk about, okay, what are the six most important pieces of content every retailer or e-commerce store can use? How do you batch create all of it? And then we use spreadsheets. tell us these things? uh, There are people listening right now that are like, Ash, Tell us these things. (laughs) We could have a whole hour long discussion just on this, but I'll give you this high note. So if you have a product-based business, this is my six most important things you're doing every week for content. Number one is live video. And I, again, I could go into so much detail, but live video in the sense that it builds relationships unlike anything else. And it drives notifications in all marketing channels like nothing else. So live video. The second piece of content is educational videos or fit videos. So for me, this is basically like TikToks, Reels, repurposed into YouTube Shorts and Pinterest. But it's me explaining what is the thing I'm wearing or selling? How does it work? How do I use it? Why do you need it right now? Sort of a thing in a really short video. The third piece is your product photos. 
which we've got to A-B test. We've got to make sure they're the right product photos and not ever stock photos. Never, never, never stock photos in retail. Fourth piece of content is quotes and memes. So anything that's going to drive engagement, it could be daily engagement questions, anything that's going to get a click or put you in a place in the algorithm where you aren't having to spend everything in Facebook ads because you're naturally driving that real engagement. The fifth piece of content is personal stories because people want to do business with people, right? Not companies. They don't want to be sold to. They want to have a relationship with you. And then the sixth piece of content is collections. So for 52 weeks of the year, there's 52 different reasons why I could group my products that I'm selling together to solve someone's problems. And that's selling through collections. So if we can batch create all those one day a week and then just schedule them, we put them in a spreadsheet and we'll put them in in black. And then once they're scheduled on whatever channel they're going to go on, then we gray them out. And our whole team can work collaborating on all those pieces at the same time. I love your love for systems. This is amazing. I just want to like open up a tab on your computer and see how you do this. This is fascinating. Okay. One thing that I love about the way that you share, especially when it comes to entrepreneurship, and I I have to do this and dive into this part with you today is you talk about the difference between a CEO and an entrepreneur and, and like what do those roles look like? How do we know which one we are or which one we want to be like? Walk me through that because I think it's a fascinating take that I haven't heard really shared before. Well, I think we all start as an entrepreneur, right? Like we all start as we have an idea. We've got to make it work. We've got to figure it out. We're going to hustle. We all have to hustle for a certain period of time in order to make the thing work. I think about it like a boat, right? If I was going to build a boat from scratch and launch it out onto the lake, it'd be a wooden crappy boat with holes in it. And I'd just be trying to get the boat to float at first. Well, then pretty soon I would notice there's holes and leaks that I've got to patch and repair and I'd get that done. And then I'd realize, well, I, I want my boat to go faster. So I'd try to get a motor on my boat or, you know, start to row faster. And then I'd want a yacht. Like that's ultimately, I'm going to get this boat to be a yacht. So how do I get there? And that's the journey from being an entrepreneur to a CEO. So entrepreneurs most often will hustle for their worth. Their idea of being productive is just getting more done tomorrow than I did today. My systems are more like, how do I just cross off a long to-do list? It's about saving and DIYing our way forward, right? Because money doesn't grow on trees if we grew up with that mindset. And the difference is a CEO really is building a company that is not centered around them, but it's centered around the customer. And it's around services and it's about long-term goals. And it's about really the difference in the relationship between time and money because entrepreneurs value money and CEOs value time because money's infinite in this world. Time is not. So as a CEO, I have to learn the lesson that if I take the money I do have and invest it in a team or systems or something to create more time, that's the only way I can scale is by investing to create more time. So huge long-term, you know, we all have a little bit of a, you know, mess in order to get there. It's a while to get there. My life's certainly not perfect. I'm still the bottleneck of the business, but it's a journey that we're on to become the CEO. Do you have like a moment in time or a moment in your career where you feel like you graduated from entrepreneur to CEO? Like, are there any pivotal moments where you're like, that was maybe when I realized I had created a job for myself and not like a company? Oh, gosh. I feel like it's an evolution. Like that still happens daily. I still have to figure that out. But for me, there was a pivotal moment. And I'll go back to 
really the initial version we created at the Boutique Hub, which was this online shopping mall of boutiques before it became this community of boutique owners. And I was hustling for all I had. I was just trying to put the pieces together. And I was at that point dealing with a lot of imposter syndrome. Who am I to build this thing? I don't know what I'm doing. There's got to be someone out there smarter than I am. And so I'm the story, any story that starts like this is terrible. And it's, I met a man on Twitter. Like, great. (laughs) Never is going to end well, right? (laughs) Right. So I meet this guy on Twitter who I think, you know, oh, this person must, you know, know what he's doing. And I'm going to bring him, invite him into my business and help. And we're going to grow this thing together. And long story short, what ended up happening was this person took total advantage of me, promised a lot of things that never happened, legal paperwork that never happened. I, for whatever reason, told myself I was going to give this person 51% of this company. They changed the company name. They had access to like bank accounts and my Facebook groups, my email list, all this stuff. Until one day I came and I was like, you know what? Something's fishy here. Like this is not going how it's supposed to go. And I put my foot down and I said, I'm done. And being Midwest nice, Jenna, you know what I I did? I didn't protect myself at all. So an hour later, my bank accounts were drained. I was blocked from my Facebook groups. My email list was gone. Everything I had worked for for a number of years was instantly gone. This person took all of it. And in that moment, I, I can remember just sitting back like, well, what now? Like, do I have to go get a real job? What Like, what am I going to do? And my husband is so, like, he's such a gem. He's so supportive. And I'll never forget him walking up to me. And he's like, you know what? He's like, you have every right to be mad, angry, upset. Like, if you need to lay on the couch for a couple of days, I get it. Do your thing. He said, but then you have to make a choice of what you're going to do next. And I was like, okay. My choice is I'm going to fight. I'm going to stand up and I'm just going to serve people. And I just started getting back in touch with customers and trying to help them. And being a servant leader to me is just the most important thing. So I started serving and serving and serving. And eventually, you know, this person, there was a whole karma story that happened and they ended up going away. And really from that moment on, the boutique hub flourished. And I think that moment for me was that is a CEO moment. It's deciding that I don't have to know everything, but I have to know people who know more than I do. I have to know how to ask for help. I have to know how to just put one foot in front of the other. There's no secret to building a successful business. The secret is just figuring out one thing at a time and taking action on that one thing. That's what being a CEO really has been for me. And it will be every single day going forward because we're all going to face those moments. You know, new levels, new devils, the more our businesses grow. And we just have to keep learning that lesson. It's no secret that business owners are under a lot of pressure right now. We're pressured to get more leads, close deals faster, get better insights to create the best experience for customers, and so much more. So how do we manage it all while still ensuring the best customer service? That's where HubSpot comes in. HubSpot is a customer relationship management tool that is easy to set up, intuitive to use, and customizable to the way that you do business. Drag and drop your way to attention-grabbing emails and landing pages, set up marketing automation to give every contact white glove treatment, plus AI-powered tools like Content Assistant mean less time spent on tedious manual tasks and more time for what matters most, your customers. HubSpot has all the tools you need to wow prospects, lock in deals, and improve customer service response times. Let HubSpot take the pressure off your shoulders and get started for free today at HubSpot.com. 
Gold diggers, we all know the B2B landscape can be a bit complex. From lengthy buying cycles to complicated decision-making processes, reaching your target audience can be tough. But I found a solution tailored just for you. LinkedIn ads. A whopping 79% of B2B content marketers say LinkedIn produces the best results for paid media. That's because with LinkedIn ads, you're not just casting a wide net and hoping for the best. You're strategically building relationships and driving real results. We're talking about a platform with over a billion members, including 180 million senior level executives and 10 million C-level executives. You are networking with the actual decision makers. And LinkedIn's targeting and measurement tools are specifically designed for for B2B marketers, meaning you're not wasting time or money on irrelevant leads. In fact, in the tech industry, LinkedIn ads have been shown to generate two to five times higher return on ad spend compared to other social media platforms. Using LinkedIn ads allows you to stay ahead of the curve when it comes to industry trends and developments, whether it's finding the perfect partner for a collaboration or uncovering new opportunities for growth, LinkedIn can be your secret weapon. Make B2B marketing everything it can be and get a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash goal to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash goal. Terms and conditions apply. It's such a crazy story, but at the same time too, I feel like so many entrepreneurs, you know, when you have that imposter syndrome, like, who am I to do this? If there's someone ahead of you that says like, here, let me just make this easy for you. You know, I mean, I feel like especially a lot of women can sometimes turn to men in that way of like, oh, surely, you know, more than I do about this thing. But I think a lot of times in that process, we aren't listening to our intuition or our gut, which usually reveals itself to us later. You know, it's interesting when you told that story, Ashley, because I feel like so many entrepreneurs think like, if this all disappeared today, what would I do tomorrow? Mm -hmm. And so let's just say, thank goodness, this isn't the scenario, but let's just say everything that you have right now is wiped out. Where would you start tomorrow if you were starting to build a fresh business from scratch? What would be your number one priority? Oh, this is simple. I think about this question all the time because for me, it would just be serving people. Like that's it. If you're building a company, no matter what your company is, if you're more focused on the profit than the people, there's a high likelihood it's going to crumble at some point. But when you flip that and you start to just say, okay, these are the people I want to serve. What do they need? And if you just start showing up and just helping other people, the profit will always follow. Maybe not in the way you think it will. That was certainly my experience. But I think when you do things for the right reasons and you're a good person, you just want to help other people, the business will always come in and take care of itself. And I think second to that, like once you're serving people, the second piece to that then is making sure you're building a container for yourself and your company that you're charging appropriately whatever the product is you're selling, that you have enough margin on it that you can build something sustainable. Because I've also been in that trap of, well, I'm just going to serve and I'm going to do it for little to nothing because I want to help people. And you know the intention's great. But when I think about that, it's such a money mindset thing. It's kind of like, you know, I I didn't want to make money because I thought it was going to make me a bad person for a while. And someone finally came to me and they're like, you know, Ashley, money's like a brick. It's amoral. It's neither good. It's neither bad. It's you can take this brick and you can build a beautiful cathedral with it, or you can take this brick and you can crash it through the window of a cathedral. And so I was like, oh my gosh, this is a light bulb moment. I need to charge. I need to build something sustainable with margin 
so that I can do more for other people around me in that way. That was a big light bulb moment as well. I've heard the quote that money is a multiplier. So it's like, if Mm. you are good, money can make you double down on your goodness. And if you are not a good person, money just brings that out. And I, I feel like that's so true. And I also think, Ashley, you bring up a really good point here that I think a lot of people could benefit from is that a lot of times we either get stuck in the trap of like profit only or like service only. And there are always going to be people who need and want free. And there will also be another level of people who are ready to pay for the next steps. And finding that balance of like being of service while still having a profitable business, you're serving both levels of people. And if you do it well, the people who are in that free model, if you get them results that will get them, you know, the ability to invest, then they will become the next generation of your paid customers. And so I think a lot of times people almost neglect one side of that audience in whichever direction that is. And it's such a disservice to both aspects and to yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's funny because I've had so many people challenge me on this concept. Early on at the Boutique Hub, you know, almost 10 years ago, when we first started, there was no model for a membership and like what you should charge for a membership. And so we started, our very first price point was $24 a month. And we just like, load our membership with so much stuff. Today, it's only $39 a month. So still very low. But along the way, everyone has come and said, that's too low. You need to raise your prices, You know all these things. But to your point, I'm a big believer in this idea of there's a funnel. You should start free and overload people with really high quality free content because it really just is the integrity of who you are. And that will lead into a a lower price point. Like for us, that membership, we're going to always keep it really low. But then as people want more, they're willing to pay more. So it might be a $300 course or a $2,000 product or whatever it is. But I think if you start free and just show that integrity up front and keep those prices, like there's some stepping stone, there's all kinds of opportunity to grow. What would you say if we circle back to this idea of time and if somebody's and they're kind of newer in their business and they're like, okay, I I do want to serve, but I also have to figure out like the profit piece. Do you have any tips on kind of how to find that balance or what that balance could look like for someone to know like, hey, be investing in this space, but also don't neglect this other area? Oh, that's such a good question. So I'll give you my EOS answer for that since you and I were talking about this earlier. So just to give everyone a little backstory. So we've been going through this process called Entrepreneurial Operating System, EOS. There's a book called Traction by Gino Wickman, which I highly recommend. And so our company has been totally immersed in this because in every company, if you think about the structure of who's on your team with you, typically as a business owner, you're the visionary. So you and I both, we're visionaries, right? Like big picture. We probably have lots of squirrel (laughs) ideas. People probably hate our squirrels, right? They want to like wrangle us in. And so it's easy for entrepreneurs to chase ideas. And so in order to be effective, you have to have the visionary, the big thinker, but then you have to have the integrator, which is the person who comes along like your right hand and who actually says, wait, hold on, back up. What are we going to accomplish and complete before we move on to the very next thing? And so for us, that's been a huge process of like our team building accountability charts and systems and a leadership team and a strong visionary integrator relationship so that every single quarter we can step back and go, okay, here's our three-year vision. 
Here's our one-year plan. And then each quarter, how do we break those goals down into our quarterly rocks? And then the quarterly rocks that we execute every quarter, then our team, all the individuals on our team have personal rocks that are tied in and accountable to those quarterly rocks. So for us, that's how we kind of keep it all straight and understand like, where are we going to put most time? Because we know what is the return on investment going to be for these big projects we're working on quarter by quarter versus me, the squirrel, just chasing (laughs) all the wild ideas at once. Because that does not work at all. Yes. Oh my gosh. When I finally got an integrator, Marissa is like, she is my other part of my brain. And I was always at first like so challenged because I'd be like, I have the best idea. And she'd be like, but yesterday you had another best idea. You know, like where I was like, what do you mean? And, you know, I think too, for so many of us, for you and for me, Ashley, we had to learn how to do both for so long. That's that Mm. hustle phase. And so it's really interesting because I don't necessarily say I'm anti-hustle culture. I believe that hustle is required, but it cannot be maintained. And so when we think about those hustle states of our business, we were being the visionary and the integrator and the virtual assistant and the, you know, like we were doing all of those things. And I definitely subscribe to the fact that that is a lot of times required to get an idea into reality. But Mm -hmm. as you start to expand and as the scales start to tip and all of a sudden your time is more important than your money, that's when you start to outsource and get those key players that can either wrangle your ideas or help you bring them to completion or help organize you. And I remember even just my first virtual assistant, Caitlin, I had this terrible habit. I still have this habit. So I can't even say that I had, I have this terrible habit of sometimes reading an email and then like marking it unread, like I'll circle back to that. And so like my first integrator, quote unquote, was an hourly VA that would just help me respond to people, right? Like just get back to people. And so it's like, you can absolutely start small. And I think both of us did and expand, but it's interesting for a listener to think about, you know, we're talking about entrepreneur versus CEO, visionary versus integrator. It'd be really great for every listener to kind of really reflect on like, where am I? What am I doing? What do I want to be doing? And like, how do I move myself out of doing it all into a space where I can accept help? Yeah. You know, one of the best like litmus tests I can give is if you're thinking about where am I at in this space? If you're going to be the CEO, think about your time as money, right? So whatever task I'm working on, it has to be a hundred dollar an hour task at minimum. And anything that's not anything that's a $10 an hour task, I have to find help for. So I can clean toilets with the best of them, Jenna. I can do it. I can clean all the things. I can cook all the things. But is that the best use of my time right now? It's not. So for us, where we started, Eric and I, when we started the boutique hub, we had a babysitter. That was like the very first hire, right? Like it was a babysitter. And then she started to like enter data into spreadsheets for us. And then she started to answer emails. And it was just like one tiny little step at a time. And then it grew into, okay, now I can hire another person and another. But if you think about, like I, I use this example for retailers a lot. I say, all right, for easy math, if you hired someone at $10 an hour, which I know you're gonna pay more depending on where you live, but for easy math, $10 an hour for five hours a week. Okay. So I invest 50 bucks into someone to help me. If I, as a CEO have five more hours, what income generating activity would I work on and how much more money could I make? And 10 out of 10 times they're like, well, I would go live and I would build out my email automations and I would launch new arrivals and I would make at least 2,500 bucks. And I'm like, okay, great. 
you invested 50, you made 2,500. Let's do it again next week. That's the difference in being a CEO versus an entrepreneur. Yes. I remember when I was a wedding photographer, I finally, like my third year in, hired someone to help me edit my photos. Mm -hmm. And when I did the math, it was like 10 cents an image. And I saved like 30 hours, right? And I was like, if I just did one more shoot per week, I would not have to edit a million photos. I'd be off of my computer, which is why I did all of this to begin with. Like It's so funny. I feel like I constantly make those decisions. Have you made any good investments or interesting investments recently to get you back your time, business-related or life-related? Well, I think EOS. EOS Mm -hmm. was a huge investment for us to get us back our time. We have an implementer who flies up to be with us every quarter and walks us through and holds us accountable and, you know, is trying to give us back our time as a company and as individuals. And it was, yeah, a huge investment. Anytime you get a coach, I feel like it's a huge investment. Yes. But it's 100% worth it. Like I would not walk forward in business without having a coach because that investment gives me back tenfold the time. This has been a coaching investment also I've made in the last year. And I'm curious if you've been on this track as well, because I think it's very popular right now to, to have this like line of thought, but there's feminine energy and masculine energy. Yep. And what I have found is when I'm in hustle mode and I'm working yep. from like the energies like in the top of my shoulders and I'm just going, right? That's yep. my masculine energy just trying to push through. Yep. And so I have this coach who's been so great to help me and help me step back and say, you know what? If I use that when I need it, but yep. then I can turn it off and work in my feminine energy and allow more flow yes. and allow the ideas to come in and allow things to happen for me man, I can be just as effective as if I'm trying to hustle and push this thing through. So that mindset shift, again, huge investment, but huge opportunity as well. I feel like this also goes for marriage because you and I can snap on our masculine energy real quick. And I was on a call the other day with a bunch of like CEOs who are moms and we were talking about like masculine and feminine and they were like, you know, sometimes it's good to have like your masculine on when you work. That's usually your like go state. But there is something to be said about like bringing more of that feminine energy into your relationships. And I was like, oh, yeah, like I felt convicted. I was like, that is like huge and hard for me sometimes as like a micromanager and things. And so I was like, that's a really good reminder. I feel very seen (laughs) right now hearing (laughs) you say that. Uh, Yeah, I'm still working on that. But it's been true for us, too. So Eric's been our CFO at the Hub for a number of years. And it's interesting. There's this new wave of all these amazing female entrepreneurs out there. Yeah. And, you know, again, being from the Midwest, we've got lots of friends and family who looked at Eric right away and they were like, well, what are you, you're working for your wife? What are you doing yes. for your wife? And yes. there's just a lot of negativity around that. And he's like, yeah, like what a huge blessing it is to have a family business. We work together, but we complement each other so well. Like I'm the yeah. creative one. He's very analytical. So we have to know our roles in order to work together effectively. But to your point, we also have to know the masculine and feminine. And I have to know when to turn it off and to be a supportive, like loving wife and not come in and try to drive the household like I want to drive the operations at the company at the same time. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I want to know, like, what is something that we could share with small business owners to help them maybe like measure or track their progress in terms of time? We've talked about time a lot today. I feel like it's something you and I have in common of like valuing our time, 
Do you have any ideas of like, what is something that someone can do after this episode to maybe just like analyze their time? Is it going in the right places? Is it time to outsource anything you got? Really quick, really quick thing I think anyone can do is this. So often we focus on a to-do list and we're constantly adding to this to-do list because we just want the dopamine hit to cross it off. I would just challenge everyone to just pause. And today, rather than make a to-do list, I want you to get to the end of the day and make a to-done list. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Well, so often when you're making the to-do list, it's such a a practice of gap. It's such a practice of lack. Because we're constantly putting ourselves here at the bottom of this list and saying, here's how far I have to go. Look at how all these things I have to do in order to get something done or, you know, to feel worthy, like I'm accomplishing something, right? So every day we're waking up and we're ending the day in a series and a status of gap and lack. So what if we just flipped it on our head and said, today I'm going to look back and say, here's what I did. Here's what I actually accomplished because so often I feel like we get to the end of the day and we don't know. We're like, I just hustled. I just chased and put out fires. Did I actually do anything effective? I actually ended up scrolling on Instagram for four hours by accident. Mm -hmm. And our phone will tell us that we were on Instagram for four hours. So just make the to-done list to analyze, am I being busy or am I being effective? And then I would use that going forward and say, all right, if I could only accomplish three things today on my to-done list, then what would I want to work on as my priority tomorrow? Because the truth is we only have room for about three things a day, three priorities a day, and then everything else is busy work. Your email inbox is the biggest culprit. So an email inbox, in my opinion, is a holding place for other people's agendas. Ooh, that is a mic drop moment. (laughs) Wow, yes. It is. And we get up in the morning and that's the first thing we do is we think we're going to be effective by answering emails. But what did we actually answer in that inbox that was for us? Or was it all for someone else? So don't do email first in the day. Make the to-done list instead. And then start the next day with just three most important things to accomplish and watch yourself accomplish them and celebrate it. Hey, gold diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and always there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash gold digger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash gold digger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. 
On top of my many titles as mom, entrepreneur, and creative, I've also added host. Drew and I host on Airbnb on our favorite island in Hawaii. We started hosting as a way to make some extra income, and we've had such an easy breezy experience. Now we host year after year, and it's been a fantastic side hustle. Not to brag, but we've also been crowned Airbnb Superhost several times, so we are really killing the game. It's about having spaces we can enjoy as a family while creating memorable experiences for our guests, and it helps that we earn a little extra cash on the side. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mm, That is so good. Okay, Ashley, you have something called summer school coming up. Tell me about that and who it's for. Absolutely. So e-commerce stores, boutique owners, anyone with a product-based business, typically the life cycle of our businesses are the J months. January, June, July can be sometimes the roughest, right? It's just out of our typical retail sales cycle. So we have this whole program in the summer. It's June 5th, 6th, and 7th called Summer School. And it's our time. It's totally free. It's a week of training just to kind of put our arms around everyone, especially in the year that we're in, because this is a tough year for retail. So it's okay to admit that it's a tough year for retail as well. So we're going to come in during kind of a low point, but also during a tough year, we're going to wrap our arms around and give as much strategy as we can. Strategy on a couple of things. Number one, strategy on how to use the slower times to absolutely catapult your business. Because these are the times of opportunity, right? We don't grow when it's busy. We might sell when we're busy, but we don't personally grow. So how can we use the time now to grow and be prepared for it to be busy? The second thing we'll dive into is technology and how to use technology so you can create more time. Personally, I'm obsessed with what's happening with AI right now and want to go into all the details during summer school. And then the third thing is in retail, there's the two busiest times of year, and that's back to school season and holiday shopping season. And so we'll map out exactly how to make those seasons work for you during summer school. Amazing. And you can sign up and join that at jennacutcher.com slash boutique. We are so excited. I have been getting so many requests for more product-based businesses. And so you have been the perfect person to come on. And I just want to say firsthand for anyone that runs a product-based business or a boutique, Ashley is your girl. Like just (laughs) seeing the people that were at your event, like it was, it felt like a family. And I just feel like it's so rare to walk into rooms that are filled with people, but feel that energy. So you have truly cultivated just like an incredible community through how you serve and how you sell as well. And I just, I adore that and respect you so much for it. Oh, that means a lot. Seriously. Thank you so much for that. And thanks for being a part of it because you fit perfectly in our community, you know, from you standing on the stage and talking about the interpersonal parts the how are you really parts that no one's talking about enough in this industry and then backing that up with the strategy and the work. And so all the tips that you shared with our audience on Pinterest and just maximizing your business, that was greatly appreciated as well. Where can everybody find you and connect with you and learn more about you? Well, if you would love to know more about the Boutique Hub and any of the resources we have, it's theboutiquehub.com or the Boutique Hub on Instagram. Or if that's not you and you just want to be my friend, I would <laughs> gladly invite you to be my friend. And it's AJ Alderson on Instagram. I'd love to hang out anytime. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I am so excited that we got to have this conversation. Oh, me too. Thank you so much for having me.
I don't know if it's our shared Midwest roots or the fact that we're busy moms and entrepreneurs or that we are obsessed with systems, but when I met Ashley, I knew that we would become genuine friends. In fact, we just set up a weekly accountability date to stay in touch because I love when I meet people who think the way I do, but also who challenge that way of thinking. And I feel like Ashley is just that. She has an absolute heart of service and it is so apparent in the way that she shows up both in person and online. And I am just so excited about her summer school. Make sure that you sign up at jennacutcher.com slash boutique. If you are a product-based business or a boutique owner or someone aspiring to become one, the way that she shows up and adds value is unlike anyone else. And so make sure you don't miss this opportunity. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Until next time, keep on digging your biggest goals. I'm over here giving you a virtual high five because you just finished another episode of the Gold Digger Podcast. Did that go by way too fast for anyone else? If you want more, head over to golddiggerpodcast.com for show notes and all the discount codes from today's sponsors. And if you're looking for a new crew of movers and shakers like you to bounce ideas and ask questions, be sure to join my exclusive community for gold diggers on Facebook. The link's waiting for you at golddiggerpodcast.com. Hey, Gold Diggers. Lately, I've been getting excited to finish furnishing our new home, which is why I want to tell you about a brand that we absolutely love, which is Article. I have been a fan and a customer of Article for years. I'm always blown away by the curated assortment of furniture styles they offer. They have mid-century modern, coastal, industrial, Scandinavian, and even boho designs. There is something for everyone, no matter your taste. In our last house, we had their sofa and leather chairs. At our lake house, we have their dining table and chairs. We also just ordered some of their outdoor furniture for our new patio. Like, if you can't tell, we are obsessed with Article. The quality and style are top-notch. Article's online-only model means that they can offer some great prices with fast and hassle-free delivery. Pick the delivery time that works for you, and they keep you updated every step of the way. Article's customer care team is also amazing. They're knowledgeable, friendly, and I was there when you need them. If you're like me and you're itching to give your home a makeover, I highly recommend checking out Article. They believe in delightful design for every home. And thanks to their commitment to style, quality, and affordability, it's never been easier to transform your space. Article is offering our listeners $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more. To claim, visit article.com slash golddigger and the discount will be automatically applied at checkout. That's article.com slash golddigger for $50 off your first purchase of $100 or more.